listening to The Remix Baby, a podcast about fertility, family, and genetics. I'm Jana Rupnow, a fertility counselor and author of Three Makes Baby. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Today, I am here with what is going to be my youngest guest so far on the podcast, and I'm really excited to have Cam here. We met on Instagram, I'm pretty sure, right? I think we did. We, yeah, you maybe found my account and mm-hmm. we started, we chatted and I remember you reached out and said that you really wanted to share some awareness about different conditions that maybe you're born with that cause infertility. So I'm really excited mm-hmm. to have you and have you share your story today. So I'll Thank let you Thank you so much started. for having me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So yeah, tell me a little bit about, you know, kind of what you were telling me when you first reached out uh, about bringing awareness to to what you're going through at mm-hmm. your young age, you're a freshman in college. So, um, I am. yeah, tell me when it all started and. Okay. So when I was, um, my mom was still pregnant with me. She went to an appointment and they had told her that, um, I had a cystic hygroma on the back of my neck, which sons grow. So that was already kind of a red flag in the beginning of like my diagnosis. And, um, they finally diagnosed me with Turner syndrome. They advised my mom against even keeping the pregnancy because most girls with Turner syndrome do not survive in most okay. cases. Okay. But I persevered. I'm here. Yeah. And, um, so when I was born, they looked at my heart because like that's another issue that usually comes up. I was born with a small hole in my heart that closed up many years ago so my heart has been good ever since but a main thing is they also did an ultrasound on my reproductive uh, system Mm -hmm. and they explained that my ovaries were um misformed or not really there okay um and it's another aspect of of the genetic disorder Mm -hmm. and only females can have this Um, isn't it true that it's um an x chromosome just one. Yes, it is. It's an X chromosome. Instead of the double X? Yeah. So females have double X, but I do not have that second X. Some women with um, Turner syndrome have an X and then they have um, a half of that second X, but I did not have this half of that second X. Okay. And if they have the half of the second X, does that increase the likelihood of, of being able to, you know, have normal reproductive system or yes it does a little bit um a lot of the stories i've heard from women who do have mosaic which is that second half okay those pregnancies do end they don't last too long but there's definitely some miracle stories but um the odds (laughs) are not so good when this diagnosis comes along but it um that it kind of started from before i was even born um they found out that I had it and they were very skeptical and kind of just persevered and yeah and so what you knew from the time you were little that mm-hmm. you were told about the syndrome and then mm-hmm. did you know when did you find out that that would impact your ability to grow a family um i think i was 14 like when it finally hit me my, I actually, it's a very rare genetic disorder, but I actually oddly had a friend who also had it. And, um, she's the first person who actually told me okay. when I was about 
eight or nine. She knew, but you weren't sure yet. I did not know. And so when she told me that, I kind of got very upset. I didn't know how to feel. I talked to my mother about it and she said, yeah, that actually is true. How do you feel about it? And honestly, at eight or nine, you don't really grasp a concept that huge yet. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of just thought something will magically happen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I didn't really understand what it truly meant back then. But then I started, you know, hearing other stories and like learning more in school and just all around. Um, I began to ask my primary care doctor more about it. And he said, I've actually been doing tests since you were about 10. Mm -hmm. And I have not seen any sign of any eggs at all. He's like, I have been checking because there are rare occasions where we could save some fertility. But um, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the case here. He said, if you'd like, I can refer you to a specialist and you can have a conversation with a specialist. And so I did end up doing that, but he had been, he was such a good doctor and he had always been checking up on me and going through all the different aspects of Turner syndrome. And he kept a very good eye on me and that specific aspect as well. That's nice. That's, that's really good. And so then how did you start kind of researching on your own or to find, you know, my count and this information I was sharing, did someone talk to you about the option of egg donation or embryo donation? Or I found more about egg and embryo adoption or donation um, on my own, but I had people, when they talked to me about it, like especially when I was younger, they only really talked about traditional adoption, which is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so amazing. And I would definitely have it in my heart to want to do that. But um, that's one of the main things that they would talk about. Um, okay. They didn't really tell me about egg donors or I don't think many of the people in my life even knew that embryo donation or adoption was a thing. True, true. Some people still, a lot of people still don't know yeah, that it is. So, yeah, yeah. a lot of people did not know in my life, so that did not really come up. Okay. But I did end up seeing a lot on my own. I'm trying to think of like the first time I ever heard of a like embryo or egg donation story. Um, I watch a lot of YouTubers, um, mm-hmm. family vloggers. Um, okay. One of the first times I saw embryo adoption on YouTube was from a channel, um, Ayla and Caleb. They have a daughter named Nova through embryo adoption. Mm-hmm. She's still a baby. Um, that was beautiful to watch unfold. And it kind of made me feel like gave me a little bit of hope too. Okay. But um, that was the first time I saw it like with my own eyes, but, Mm -hmm. um, I had read about it and I knew like a little bit about it, but not too much as I was growing up. Yeah. And so then when you started to see those stories on YouTube and the families, did that give you a renewed sense of hope about your options moving forward? Definitely. It made me realize that there are so many more options instead of like the box that I kind of like only traditional adoption and it kind of like every time they would say that, like it's something I want to do one day, but it would kind of make me a little upset because I was like, you know, you never know if someone wants to carry and you just don't know. So it was it was like I loved seeing new perspectives and new mm-hmm. yeah, new ways of going about it and just like all the technology that we've come to and how much help there is out there. 
Yeah. And you're able to carry a child? As far as I know now, yes. Um, Yeah. My uterus may be a little bit small. I'm not sure about that whole aspect, but I should be able to carry. I No doctor has really said like they see an issue and use a donor for carrying. Um, Mm -hmm. They don't really see an issue coming out of that at all, but you know, you never know what's going to come up or what life is going to throw at you. So I'm hoping for the best, but yeah. Yeah. I, I really appreciate your perspective and sharing about Turner syndrome. There are so many other, you know, conditions that can cause infertility. Mm-hmm. Recently, I had a guest on whose husband had, I, be, I believe it's Kleinfelter's syndrome. And so that's in males and they have an extra X chromosome. So it's an XXY and then therefore it can result in very little to no sperm production. And yeah, so you learn so much. You do, you do. There's so many things that the people are born with that don't they don't talk about and we don't know about, you know, as the public, we don't know about it. And so it's good to be aware of all the different conditions, medical conditions, congenital conditions, mm-hmm. all of these things that can cause that can cause infertility and that it 100%. is, yeah. And that it is something that uh, people need to become aware of as a medical condition. And that's why I know there's more advocates for insurance coverage and treatment that access to treatment for everyone, not just those that can afford it because it is very expensive. It is awfully expensive. Yeah. That does worry me, but I know that it'll, it'll all work out. Yes. And, and that's good. And that's, you've got time and, um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's so, I like hearing your perspective that you're thinking about it already. Obviously having a family is important to you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And so you're thinking about what is it, what does your future look like? And even though you're probably not, you're not at the point where you want to have a baby yet, you yeah. know, but, but you're thinking about it. And that's so important for people to understand is how much women think about it before um, before they're even with someone they that they want to spend their life with, that they think about reproduction, they think about having a family, about ha- about their future children, and that's how you know that bonding and that idea of your child can form so early, even before mm-hmm. you're even trying to get pregnant. And so when you're not able to get pregnant or you're not able to have the child that you thought you would have, it it is a loss, and then there is that grief and that sense of sadness that goes along with it because you formed a bond with an idea. You can form that. And um, Mm -hmm. so it's a very real thing and very difficult to go through. So yeah, just hearing you gives people that perspective that you're young, but you're thinking about this already and you're, you're planning and you're preparing and you're researching and you know, you're doing what you can to, to learn all you can. Yeah. Every day is different. Like some days, like you know, you're more hopeful. And then there's other days where it just feels rough. But you know, I think it's good that we like you were saying, like, processing it, like, you know, it's kind of like a blessing and a curse, like knowing so young, because like many people don't find out till a little bit older. But you know, there's definitely those cases where like, they know from the get go, but you know, it's Mm -hmm. different for everybody. Yeah, so true. So true. So is there anything else that you would like to share about, you know, your situation or? Well, um, I know that many, um, when couples are going through treatment, um, they do a lot of injections for sure. And those main um, medications are usually estrogen and progesterone. 
Mm -hmm. Well, I have been um, on those since I was about 14 because I don't produce those hormones. Mm -hmm. So um, growing up, I've had to take them um, through a patch that I place in my skin and then I take progesterone orally. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it's kind of when I see other people's stories and like them doing injections, it, it, it makes me laugh because I'm like, you know, I know what those hormones do because <laughs> I, I, I have to take them because I don't produce them and it helps with mainly I take them for bone growth because mm -hmm. they're, it, they're not just a, like a sex hormone. They're, um, they do help with development, uh, development as well. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's mainly why I do take them. So they've mm -hmm. helped with my bone strength. And so that's why I do it. But it's just funny to see other people doing it. And it's like, you can relate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can completely relate to the fertility treatments because of the the hormones and the injections you have to do. Or well, for you, it's, it's not so much a shot. It's a, yeah. a patch. So yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's so it's interesting. It is interesting. Um, I don't know if you heard it just a minute ago, but my, my dog decided to sneak in the room uh, where I, I, I record in this little studio I have, it's a space above one of the rooms, it's a little loft space. And so the sound quality will be good. And he decided to open the door with his paw and I guess I didn't get it closed <laughs> good. And then he was sneezed right when I was talking. So Aww. I'm thinking. <laughs> I have two puppies. I love them. <laughs> the dog wants to be on the show. What type of dogs do you have? I have, um, they're pit bull. Um, they have a little bit of St. Bernard in them mm -hmm. and, um, bulldog a little bit. They're, they're super cute. <laughs> they're mixed. Yeah. Yeah. They're mixed. Well, that's sweet. That's sweet. Well, I am so appreciative that you came on the show that you expressed some, um, or brought some awareness to this topic. And I just know that people hearing you will be inspired and will also reach out and want to share their stories of conditions they were born with and their journey and how that leads to and impacts their ability to have a family. So thank you so much. Thank you for thank being you so, so much brave. For having me. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't think as a freshman in college, I would be brave enough to be on a podcast. So I'm really impressed by you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so, why not? You know, yeah, you know we got to get it out there and just, you know, talk about things because it helps. It does. It helps others to not feel alone. It helps mm -hmm. them to know that they that they can relate to somebody that they also have it. So definitely. Right. Well, have a fantastic day. And um, you too. Well, I know we'll stay in touch on Instagram. Yeah, definitely. And I, I've been, I, um, I've read your book. I'm still reading it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the perspective of it. And I just think that it's amazing that somebody like finally like is talking about it. <laughs> it's like, yes. cause it's not, it's just such like, foreign concept of people actually talking about it to me so it's like I love seeing that and just knowing that other people have read it and they know more and like it's helped them and so I just I like getting the perspective <laughs> oh, good thank you for saying that yes I just really wanted to bring this out of the era of secrecy and uh, and teach people that you can have healthy dialogue about it mm -hmm. and teach them how and I knew that just by being an adoptive family that I knew that there were ways to do that and to, to not, not carry shame and not, um, not have secrets and shame in your family narrative because you can have genetic differences and still have the most beautiful, rich and full family life possible. And Definitely. so, yeah, yeah. So that's, I, that's what I've done. And that's what I thought I, I'm going to share this because 
we've, we've had our rough spots as a family for sure. And we've had our major challenges, but we've come out of it and we've gotten through it and it's been an amazing thing. So I just thought, why not share? We use humor a lot too. Humor is a big part of, of, you know, working through challenges is you got to have, you know, a little bit of fun Mm -hmm. and a little bit of laugh at yourself and, um, you know, kind of be able to, to hover above yourself and see, see the things that aren't working and, and, and break down those barriers. But, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so love that. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for listening. If you would like to follow me for more content, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Jana Rupnow LPC. And you can also grab a copy of my book, Three Makes Baby, on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and Target.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate it and share it with a friend if you like it. Have a great day.